It's yet another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're looking back on the strangest year probably in comedy history and what 2021 has in store with this month's comedy roundup panel, the last one of the year, and special guest Russell Peters. It's the roast of 2020. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to yet another Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada wide, and in fact, planet Earth wide on the Global News Radio Network. If you have the internet, you can listen to it. And this year has proven we are nothing if not one community, one long suffering community. I, of course, have our producer Vince Tedesco on the line. Vince, we made it. It's the last yeah, Sunday of the year. Sunday. The last show of the year. Still more headaches to come. I don't know. The ball is going to drop at midnight on New Year's Eve, and all of a sudden, magically, everything's going to go away and change. No. It might get worse. <laughs> we're still very much in this, I'll say, crap storm, because we can't, we're still very much stuck in what we're stuck in, but it'll be interesting to get their take on everything that's gone down this year and also where we think comedy is going to go in the year to come, when all of this eventually does come to pass. Because, I mean, this won't be forever, but we're still going to be in this for a while. So it's our very special roast of 2020. It's our year in review, and it is our final comedy roundup of the year, right here on Inside Jokes, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. It beats having a psychic. (laughs) Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you socially distance more clearly. And of course, it is our year-end comedy roundup. We're going to go over all of the complete insanity that was 2020 and what that looked like in the world of comedy. Uh, And of course, we have our producer, Vince, on the line. And this month, and to wrap up the year, so Vince, before we bring on these guests, actually, I think it's it's worth noting, so this is our last show of the season. This is our last show, thank God, of 2020. This time last year, I have to mention this again. We had Psychic Nikki on the show with us. And (laughs) Psychic Nikki was going off about 2020 is going to be this fantastic, prosperous year in comedy. Everybody who's, whoever was on the panel that day, everybody on this panel is going to get all the festivals and specials, and it's going to be a great year for everyone. So Psychic Nikki, if you're listening, I highly doubt that. But if you are, where were you on that one? I think we have to bring her back on in the new year events and get some clarification on all of that. But anyways, we have lots of uh, horrible things to discuss today, Vince. We have lots of 2020 to recap. So we're going to go to our roundtable. We've got comedians Dom Pere and Nick Beaton on the line. How you doing, boys? Good, man. I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm thankful. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I was on that episode with Psychic Nikki, and she told me that I was going to have a very prosperous year and I booked, I booked two festivals and I set up my album recording that were all supposed to take place in April. So it all went away. (laughs) And here's the thing. Don't you love her, Nick? Don't you love her? It's full circle because I do remember her saying to you, Nick, that there was, remember she was doing readings and she was saying that there was wealth. She saw wealth coming up in the year for you. So Kind of full circle there. And also Dom was our first guest when quarantine first happened. This is our like 20th lockdown or something now. I didn't didn't cause it. 
Right. No. <laughs> no. No one's blaming you, Dom. No one's blaming you. Like Christina Walkinson too, and I guess she's she's just gone now. <laughs> she's like, I think she's in New York. It must be worse. She's in New York, so I mean, who knows? But there's lots to get into that happened this year. It is kind of full circle since Nick, we did have you on our year-end show last year, and none of that came true, unfortunately. Dom, we had you on at the beginning of the first quarantine, whatever one we're in now. Here's, so there's a lot of stuff I want to get into with you guys and pick your brains on. Obviously, the state of comedy, what that's going to look like in the new year and what the heck this year was like. But even aside from that, just as people, just as human beings and observers of the human condition, if I could be that sanctimonious about it, what do you guys think about this whole rise of anti-maskers and lockdown protesters that I think we always thought was just kind of like an American thing, but we're seeing so much of that here at home now, this whole anti-mask. Do you guys think it's just like frustration? People are like, yeah, we get it. 10 months of nothing. We just can't do that anymore. I don't, I don't know where, where we find our heroes today, but they are the the modern hero, you know, just to be so brave, (laughs) not put a mask on Um, like the, the force of will it must take for them to to not do something they're they're just uh you know they're they're just, they're amazing uh, like uh, <laughs> I, the old uh, sisyphean task of putting a boulder all the way up to the top and then falling down and they must do that every day they're just like nope not doing a mask i'm gonna go to walmart and scream at somebody and then do it again tomorrow <laughs> I, I don't get anti-maskers at all like i don't i understand like not being like wanting to be locked down. But that's the thing like, I find so funny about them. It's just like, all right, so I don't want to wear a mask. Uh, I don't want to be locked down. I'm not taking a vaccine. I'm like, well, what do you want then? Like, you <laughs> all of these things. You've got to like pick one to be. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the thing, like, these people are like financially pretty well off, you know, like that right. barbecue guy and all that stuff, Adamson barbecue. These people are like, they seem to be fine in their life. I don't think they understand what's happening. Like, I really think they just have huge houses and they're just like, well, this isn't a problem. And then they forget comma for me, you know? Yeah. It's like people who grew up in, in gated communities who think that we should abolish the police. They're like, well, I don't need the police. We never, well, I never yeah. called them. It's like, people need them. What are you talking about? Call daddy's lawyer. He's my police. <laughs> it is true and i think there's also this sort of stri- like everybody is oh 2020 is such a horrible year it's such a i mean yeah it's a lot of god awful world events all sort of came to a head at the exact same time in the midst of a global pandemic that we haven't seen in a century all of that is very true but there mm-hmm. seems to be some sort of idea at play where everybody thinks that magically at midnight on new year's eve it's like thank god this year's over everything goes back to normal now, which couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, it's, it's a pandemic. We actually are just entering a brand new, arguably more severe lockdown right now that kicks in on Christmas Eve. So by the time this show airs, we're already in another lockdown that's going to go on for what, six weeks or something. So I think people think that magically 2021 is just going to sweep in like a Trojan horse and all of this will be done and over with. And you know, the worst part about 2021 is that I do have faith that the vaccine will like, you know, probably get us back to pseudo normal maybe by like sort of spring summertime but then after that like i have all these anti-maskers on my facebook that i've been just trolling the entire time and i'm gonna have to see these people in public (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry about that, man. Did you get the vax or what? Like, I like we have a chat, and then they're going to be like, you know, telling me I'm Hitler or whatever. Like, yeah, some of these people, I don't want them to come back because it's just a, a pent up, <laughs> a pent up argument that's waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, I mean, when obviously all we've talked about this entire year is talking to comics all over the map just about what they've been doing during this and what all that's going to look like in the new year. But we, I mean, we have a tendency to forget that it's, it's literally everything. And when, when, when the lockdown first, first happened back in March, there were a lot of people out there from, you know, like the service industry and restaurants and, and live venues and all that stuff that sort of, a lot of people in a way took it for granted. They were like, Oh, free time off from the government and $2,000 coming my way. And it's party time. And now we're at the end of the year and all of this is still going on. That money is long dried up. Those jobs have not come back. So everybody's sort of... Not only that, the like, government's asking for it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do you guys enjoy that 2000 We're going to need that back, all of yeah. it. We actually yeah, that was, uh, didn't tell you what it was guys. for. It was a loan. And the interest is very high. We break legs. We're the government. That is such a Canadian <laughs> government flex. Like, sorry, we forgot to tell you exactly what that was about. Anyway, give it back to us. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, it is telling that, and we'll get back into this after the break, but, you know, watching the differences, too, between obviously here at home and then our neighbors to the south, who is so much more going on down there, and talking to our friends in comedy that live and work down there. Even the way we pandemic as Canadians was kind of quaint. I mean, you have our prime minister went on TV and apologized for using the word moist. And you've got Trump yeah. on TV telling people just drink bleach. <laughs> the president is telling you to drink Javix and people just kind of forgot about that five minutes later. So even even Canadians, even pandemic very quickly. Now, now, he wasn't telling people to drink bleach. He was inquiring if drinking bleach might help. <laughs> He was asking a doctor live on television if you spray your lungs with some sort of chemical disinfectant. I think Dr. Oh Anthony God. Fauci should get some sort of honorary Nobel Prize or something just for being the most, arguably the most tolerant person. I think he's going to get the, the gift of the 2020. He gets to keep his job. He's the only yeah. one, apparently, he's not been fired. <laughs> True. He'll be the only one standing in that administration. All right, we're going to come back with more of our recap on 2020 and our roundtable right here on Inside Joke. Hi, I'm Don Prey, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Oh, yeah. And this will be our year. Took a long time to come. Don't let go of my hand now. The darkness has gone. This will be our Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. One day in the new year, that slogan will make sense again. Maybe. We hope. We, of course, have our comedy roundtable on the line with us. We've got Dom Perret and Nick Beaton unpacking all of the terrible things that <laughs> happened this past year. I feel like not everything, well, almost everything was horrible, I guess. But, I mean, there has to be some silver linings. One thing I wanted to pick both your brains on is, of course, you know, we've talked to a lot of comics this past year about – all of the sort of awkward last ditch attempts people were making to just still perform and still do stand up. Obviously a lot of people were getting on and doing like live streaming zoom shows at one point, 
even JFL yeah. and the festivals were going digital and doing all that. A lot of people, a lot of comics, though, like it's been a mixed bag. A lot of comics just decided, nah, not for me. I'm just going to wait this whole thing out. How did both of you tackle that? Did you guys pop up on any of these sort of weird formats this year? Did you guys dip your toes into these live streaming things where you're watching emojis pop up on your screen or however that works? <laughs> um, no. I didn't. I was. I, was, <laughs> I, I uh, detest Zoom, the idea of doing stand up on it. I think it's awful. So and, uh, yeah, no, I the think. The worst part, right? Like, maybe Nick will get this vibe, but like, the worst part is I know comics, we both know them, who are like, love this Zoom thing. And we're like, you piece of garbage. Crazy <laughs> 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 art. <laughs> like, they're like, why would I even want to ever leave my house ever again? I think this is the yeah. new way. I'm like, oh, God, don't make this an option in the future. <laughs> like, yeah. that, was, that was what bothered me, too. It was like, you know, the lockdown officially or like the real shutdown happened on like, what, March 15th or 16th or something like that. And by yeah. March 18th, there was people going, I just need to do comedy. I'll do Zoom if I have to. and We'll do Zoom shows. And I'm like guys, give it a week or two. Like, it's, it's how desperate, and it's like those, you know, those grinders who are like, I'm just grinding it out. They were just doing yeah. it to say they were doing something, but it was like, guys, we can take a couple weeks off here. You don't have to jump right onto Zoom and get the exact same amount of laughs you get at a club. There definitely is that air yeah. of it. It's like those people you'd always run into at open mics, the set counters, who are just, yeah, mm -hmm. I did seven sets tonight. and I, Yeah, but did you do anything? Or are you just yeah. going to strange bars and living on the subway and then putting weird ticks on a sheet of paper? Like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> yeah. There was that sort of air uh, of desperation, you know? I mean, and Dom, you, of course, know this. I got, I mean, offered, you, uh, I got offered a corporate Zoom yeah. one. It's, like, compelling because the money is more. more. Uh, but it was for an oil company, and uh, they were like, yeah, it's just don't worry about it. It'll be like the executive board. It'll just be an easy thing. Um, but I was like, this is horrible. It just sounds to me like you're like, you know, I want to get a poor person on the call here so they can stare at you. <laughs> and they can sit in their office, and they can be like, look at that guy trying. He's trying so hard, this guy. And then we can just mute him and make fun of him later because the whole thing, the whole right thing you go on for pure failure. I just picture right before you go on, just the CEO goes, okay, by the way, your fee, we're writing that off as pure charity. And then you, and you just go up and stand up like they're literally just doing it to make themselves feel good, that they're throwing money yeah, exactly. to the lower class. <laughs> I've turned, I turned them all down. I've turned them all down because it just feels like uh, uncomfortable, but it also feels like that's not why I got into stand up. Like it's the nature of the art is organic, right? It's, it's in front of you. It's, it's like in the moment, and it's like these things, like they, you can see clips of Zoom shows, and it's just, especially when Zoom bombing showed up, you could just have someone heckle you who's not even in the same country. Like, what's the point of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It yeah. is true. I mean, that's the whole. I mean, there's, you know, there's other things comics can do. People are doing, you know, releasing albums that they had sitting on the back burner, or some special that they taped two months before yeah, this the, all happened. The amount or, of pointless podcasts that have pointless. just climbed my feed. <laughs> all of them, <laughs> some edgy name, like, look up for Trigger Finger or whatever. I'm like, get out of here. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I think even before this, we were kind of oversaturated with that, but it's now, it's blown up again in a way. But there was this sort of weird, I get it. It's a double-edged sword. Like the whole, the whole job of comedy is to sort of, 
talk about what's happening in real time and pull that stuff apart in a way that other people don't really get to. So, I mean, yes, there's a lot going on in the world right now that that would normally typically be ripe for that. But there was this sort of element of desperation to it, too, where, you know, comics doing Zoom shows and, like, doing festivals out of their basement or whatever they were doing was sort of like this whole... It's like we were forcing ourselves to believe that this was an essential service, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. This has wow. to happen. People want and need this. I well, it's funny you mentioned like ta- like doing comedies, talking about what's going on. I I did a thing like I actually did something this year where I filmed it uh, for TV, and I won't say what it is, what network or what it's for, but the network didn't want us to do stuff about COVID. They didn't want us to mention it because they didn't know when this thing was air. And I'm like, do you guys <laughs> think anybody's going to forget this? Like, yeah, what's, like what's like your crystal ball? This is so silly. Like, you mentioned COVID. I'm like, oh, no, no, can't have that in here. I don't think the populace will remember the time they had to hunker down like it was a war. <laughs> I'm staring out at one-third capacity of a theater with people in face masks. And I'm like, I think I have to mention the elephant in the room. Like, no one, <laughs> no one is interested was that, was in hearing any other hot had, Is that one of the tapings where they put mannequins in the audience? No, they didn't do that, no. That, no, is, that, that is by far the most psychotic thing. <laughs> People showing pictures of them doing sets in front of socially distanced mannequins is the most yeah. insane thing I've ever seen. Don't worry, guys. We have 500 realistically dressed mannequins in the audience. They all came from the same one guy. He's insane. He needs them back right after the taping. But uh, they're really intricate. Did you have the plexiglass wall? Just for laughs. Just for laughs, kind of lost their mind for a bit because it's a live festival. They're probably trying to figure out what the hell to do. But online, their marketing went from like, hey, you want to watch an online show to, hey, do you want to buy a Trevor Noah hoodie? Do you want to buy a Trevor Noah hoodie? (laughs) (laughs) Please, they're not giving us the grants this year. (laughs) I mean, on on one hand, it it is going to be interesting to see what, because no, because there's been so little going on and because everything's been so augmented, no one's, and we're still in the thick of all this very much, even though at the end of the year, we're still very much in the middle of this. No one's really had a chance to like create the art or the material that's going to come out of this. So it will be interesting to see in the new year, like what, what albums are coming out. out like Keith, uh, Keith Pedro is a great comic. He dropped an entire, uh, album on COVID stuff. Like, he really like did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we not too long about that. Though. And that's the thing. I mean, we're going to see a lot of that come out in the new year where people do figure out, okay, let's talk about all this stuff that happened this year because it is this insane moment in human history like th- that, of course, this entire generation is never going to forget because, again, nothing even similar has happened to this has happened in 100 years. But also that eventually especially in places like here in Toronto, the open mics are going to come back and it's going to take about five minutes for COVID to very rapidly become hack also. <laughs> like you have yeah, probably, you know, you know, my favorite part of this whole pandemic is, is a, uh, there's no social justice warrior comedy. Like those people just disappeared. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they got a job. I don't know. idea, but like, they just stopped. There's no, like, you can't say this on stage. And you're like, yeah, yeah I guess there's no stage. So you're just not even going to tell me what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's no, I mean, this was sort of an equalizer in a lot of ways. I think a lot of comics, I mean, you guys know what, what it's not just a job, it's a lifestyle. I mean, you, you do a strange thing for a living. And a lot of that involves 
you're out every night and you're traveling around to random places and you're, you have to fill up your schedule as much as humanly possible. You have to go after all the things. So it is a weird way of life. I think for a lot of comics, it was a time where they were forced to sort of step back and, and slow it down a bit and go, Oh yeah, family and friends and not being on stage all the time. There was sort of this, it took away all of that sort of drive and hustle and ego and people were just forced into this thing of, of sort of being back in normal life again for a bit too and recharging it. I mean, maybe that's going to be better for you too when you get back out there. Well, yeah, I, I think like comics generally, and we're all different kinds, but we're all like super creative. So, you know, without the stage and the audience, we kind of end up investing that creativity in other formats, which gives me a lot of hope because that means a lot of people won't come back to stand up, which means there's way less competition. So that's going to be great for me. <laughs> it will be certainly. I thought it will be a thinning of the herd. Bottleneck that into something a little bit more than just. <laughs> so that'll be good for me. Uh, they're all gone. <laughs> oh no! Like yeah, sorry. Like yeah, but it's it'd probably be good for you too, Nick. But like oh no, one hundred percent. I completely agree with what you said. Uh, yeah, get into pottery or something. That'd be dope. You know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, yeah. No, I think that'd be great. Like. Most of these, like most of the people that are like too many people try to do this and think they can, and uh, there's, it clogs up everything. And with just a bunch of people, like it's not barely worth putting up with in the best of times. And people realize that after four or five years. Uh, but now there's no reason to put up with it. So yeah, hopefully people just go away. That'd be great. Well, it could it could really go either way. You could have this sort of yeah this big calling that will happen, or you're gonna have a bunch of people come out of the woodwork when rooms do start opening up again and business starts opening up again. And now you're going to have 10,000 open micers. Cause as you guys well, knew, you're never going to start the psychos. The psychos are always, <laughs> it always yeah. takes, it always takes two sets, two sets before your Facebook picture is you with a mic and your job title changes. That's sort of the rule of thumb. Uh, so that could go even more so in the new year. Who knows? Well, the other yeah, thing, too, honestly, though, is like, those people are still there. They're just quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting. Well, you, and anybody getting into this for, like, money, people straight up get into this for money, which is insane to begin with. But, like, there are people who do that. And when you watch the fact that it can just all disappear in, with one incident, one thing that shuts everything down and gone, like, it's not a lot of reason to start in that, you know. I can't do anything else. But if you have a choice, just don't do something else. Fair yeah. enough. Um, All right. Both me and both me and Nick probably like actually love stand up comedy, whereas like a lot of people started it just because they're like, Well, I don't know, is this like TikTok? Like they just think it's another avenue to get followers, you know. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Weird thing. I think yeah, especially now because a lot of that came out of this year too. Uh we're gonna come back with more of our twenty twenty year in review with our round table Dom Parade and Nick Beaton right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. Hi, my name is Nick Beaton, and you're listening to the non-Canadian Comedy Award-nominated Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And if you're just tuning in, it is our roundtable. It's our 2020 year in review Last Sunday of the year, we've got Dom Prey and Nick Beaton on the air. We were talking before the break about what this entire year is going to look like for comedy moving ahead. 
stage shows coming back, hopefully. What are the festivals going to look like? Because everything went digital this year and people were doing Zoom shows and all these weird formats and stuff that popped up. But on the flip side of that, too, I mean, on the human side, yes, once even once we have a vaccine and, and things do sort of get back to normal a bit, I don't think we're ever going to, even just as a society, even away from stand-up, just in general, in regular life, go back to whatever things were before. I think now we're just, we're going to be conditioned to all this now. You're going to still avoid people on the sidewalk. You're going to be awkward around people in public places. You're going to be more of a germaphobe probably than you were before. I think a lot of this stuff is just going to have a lasting forever impact. It's like going to the airport. Whoever remembers what it was like going on an airplane before 9-11, it's never that again. I think this is going to be very much the same. You know, I mean, obviously, wherever this pandemic originated and however this this virus was created, I mean, we can't do much about that other than figure out a vaccine and, and distribute it and all that stuff and, and sort of change our behaviors. But it, it did remind us that there's too many people on this planet and we're doing too many things too fast. And like, because they're all a lot of the stuff that was happening at the same time as this pandemic and sort of tied in with it was just stuff that we made happen. You know, there's wildfires everywhere. And the, like they put up that doomsday clock in, in Manhattan now that's counting down exactly how much time we theoretically have left until there's like an irreversible. We had such, we had such good intent though. Like remember in the beginning of the year where we got rid of straws to save turtles and now here we are. <laughs> it's the turtles, man. It's the turtles. So I like, don't know. I mean, maybe I'm cats enough. Well, <laughs> maybe I'm a cynic, but a lot of people like I don't think it's as simple as great. There's a vaccine now. This is over. Everything back to normal. I think it did highlight the fact that we're we kind of are. I think living on borrowed time. I think <laughs> I hate to well, say it. I mean, it highlighted all the problems within the system. You know, the fact that people were as soon as everything locked down, there was people who were just like one paycheck away from being completely broke and like yeah. or being evicted. Like it just showed where all the weaknesses were and like everything that happened with those um, uh, con- uh, with the senators in, in the States who found out about all the inside information about the pandemic, the on- incoming pandemic and sold shares in, in hotels and made money off of it. And all the companies that took from these, bailouts and got all this money that didn't deserve it like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse took like billions of dollars or something millions of dollars you know just like all these problems that are just in the system I think that's what it highlighted but whether that'll be fixed or not I think I think it also it's just yeah a highlighter to some of the more parasitic elements of our society like Airbnb property owners who are like something like I can't rent this you realize they have four properties and they've just been like jack and rent basically by byproduct of their existence but I, I just like to casually, I don't know if they're sponsoring this, but I always I always like to just casually mention that we're in the middle of a pandemic and we are again under lockdown. Um, and uh, yeah, Loblaws still has not turned back on the pandemic pay for their employees. So like that, that to me is an underscoring of what's happening with our society. We're like, they're yeah. making record numbers and they're like, we cannot afford two bucks more. Sorry. It's like, what are you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we I just, all know that by the end of, you know, but by some point in 2021, Jeff Bezos is just going to be living in his lair in Antarctica, just <laughs> as the leader of the free world, as the leader of the planet at that point, just continuously making money. I mean, nobody's profited off of this entire thing more because everybody's at home ordering crap they don't need off Amazon. Yeah. One of the craziest things that I, 
just almost realized the other day as well. I just didn't. I, it's one, there's so much that happened this year that I just didn't think about it. And I just realized thinking the other day, I was like, they canceled the Olympics this year. Like that's just a thing I forgot they did. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's so insane. Yeah. That's how and they were the last one to give up. They're like, well, maybe we'll do it. <laughs> like, <no, you> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, yeah, the whole NBA just like did their whole season at like like one like on Disney World. Like that, there's going to be a point in history you got to write that down. You know, NBA season at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and that's the thing. A lot of people are just like, well, next year we'll just go go back to normal and everything will be. No, I mean, this is a catastrophic global event that's going to change society. Maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm a cynic, though, or maybe this turned me into one a little bit, but I mean, you look at all this stuff all at the same time, and it's like, how, how, much, how much time do we even have left? Like, you know, I've had friends during this that tell me, like, we're having a baby, and in the back of, I don't say this, of course, to them, because it's frowned upon, but in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, now? <laughs> is this a good time to do <laughs> You bring another human into this, you, there's lots out there. Just get one of those, you know. Like, no, it's not like that. We're just testing the vaccine on them because we don't want to. Take- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like that Great Depression where they're like, things are horrible. Let's have eight kids because realistically, only like six will make it. Like, <laughs> polio. One will get hit by a train later. Like, how are we going to let humans exist? that's right not all of the sea turtles make the swim for you guys before we let you go and speaking of comics that uh have really suffered this past year we do have russell peters coming on to plug his new year's pay-per-view um (laughs) before we let you guys go he's doing a new year's special like that's weird i i was available okay so that's all right Before we let you guys go and flip it over to Russell, uh, Dom and Nick, where can people find you? And whatever, if anything, (laughs) you've been working on this past year. I'm at home. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me alone. uh, You find me on Twitter at Nick underscore Beaton. And I'm one of those people with the podcast. uh, There you go, yeah. Earlier, I have uh, Third Rail with Nick Beaton wherever you get your podcast. Dom Perret, Nick Beaton, thank you guys so much. Uh, enjoy the holidays. Hopefully we get to see you both back on stage doing what you do sooner rather than later. And back in a studio with us again in the new year, too. Wouldn't that be nice? It's been like 10 months of being in a bunker doing this radio show. Thank you guys so much. And, of course, up next we do have Russell Peters, and he's going to give us a little uh, sneak preview of his New Year's Eve special, Russell Peters and Friends, right here on Inside Joke. Hey, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I am producer Vince Tedesco, sitting in with the one and only Mr. Russell Peters. How are we doing, Russell? Hey, it's Vinny Tedesco. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be an interview without that. Uh, you have a lot of uh, a lot of things that have happened this year. Because uh, oh, yeah. when I last spoke to you, I mentioned uh, well, well, with the Amazon Prime special was coming out, things were looking good, and then the poop hit the fan, or the bat hit the fan, essentially, and a lot of craziness happened. But you kind of went through a rough patch yourself. I mean, condolences. I know there were some people we kind of lost throughout the 
for months. Shout out to uh, uh, your uh, DJ Spin Band, essentially. I want to give my condolences personally because I know I did it on Instagram, but a shout out to him Thank and his you. family. Um, but yeah. most importantly, the question that we kind of ask everyone is, it's kind of loaded, but h- how are you doing? How are you holding up? Oh, geez, I don't know. It's not over yet, so I no, think it's not. I even ask that question. Um, like I said, the craziness that, that was the 2020, we don't get into, you know, we all know what's going on. We all know what's happening. But you uh, always seem to be reinventing yourself and, and coming up with some some cool stuff under the Russell Peters brand, as I like to call it. Or is your brother, yeah, your brother my, loves when I say that, the Russell Peters brand. My, um, brother, my brother loves the word branding. Like, I'm like, oh. But it's, it's, Russ, I see this is like a great avenue for you because there's so many ways you can play this. So you have a New Year's Eve special coming up. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's an evening with Russell and friends. Yes, sir. And, and I put some funny, funny comics on it. This is what I love because this is your handpicked selection of who you think is funny. And it's almost like, I, I, again, I know I've given you some credit in the last interview. You actually said I was kissing your ass, so I don't want to be too nice. But I almost see was like the Don King of comedy. Like, this is the lineup you put together. No, no, I don't rip people off. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this special, Russ, because it's going down New Year's Eve, 12.01, to be precise. 12.01 a.m., wherever you are in the world. <clears throat> it doesn't, whatever 12.01 a.m. is for you is what it will be. It is when it will be available. That's the cool thing, because no, no matter where you are, you can watch it at 12.01, your time. And the lineup is as follows. We have Jimmy Schubert. Tell me a little bit about Jimmy. Jimmy Schubert is hilarious. Hilarious. He makes me like, it makes me, <clears throat> pretty much most of the comics on the show really make me feel like I really need to be a better comic. Whoa, see, that's, hey, that's some heavy credit. Jeff Joe. Jeff Joe, this kid's new. Hilarious, like a young kid. He's from Texas, right? He's from Texas, from Houston. And uh, I discovered him online. Uh, We sent my brother sent me one of his jokes because we were sending it as a joke to one of our friends in our group chat. And uh, and I was like, "Who is this kid? He's hilarious." And I and I sussed him out, and I DM'd him and said, "Hey, you want to do something?" He's like, "Is this real?" Yeah, that's a mind trip, eh? When Russell Peters kind of DMs you, you kind of got to get the logistics straight to make sure you're not, you're not dreaming. Yeah, he was like, wait, you're not going to ask me for my bank information, right? Well, no, no, yeah, yeah, there you go. And then you have Crystal Marie, who has been yeah. blown up on social media, but, I mean, she's a savage as a comic, no? Yeah, she's hilarious. She's really, really great, <clears throat> and, uh, and she's fine as hell. Let's not ignore that. Well, no, I mean, she's gorgeous. Like, I mean, I got to watch myself when I open my Instagram sometimes in public because, like, bam, she just comes at you. But her comedy is kind of cutthroat. She comes at you. Oh, yeah, she's good. She's great. That's, she's not on there just because she's good looking. She's on there because she's a funny comic. Yeah, she actually has talent, unlike some other people out there on TikTok or whatever. And then closing yeah. out, is, it, is he your headliner, Jason Collins? No, uh, actually, Jimmy Schubert will be the headliner. Jason Collins will be the headliner. Jason James oh, is hilarious. I, I, you must have saw him when I was passing through town before. Yeah. Uh, credit Funny to uh, on the Tonight Show he's, he's coming from, essentially. He's, he's done a lot of guest spots on there. Yeah, and he was on tour with me when I did the uh, Deported Tour in Canada. 
That's right. The port. That's why that name sounds familiar. There you go. So this is your essentially your kind of comics lineup for New Year's Eve. Um, tickets are on a website called onlocationlive.com. If you buy them now, they're a little, you save a little less on the cash as if you were to buy them the day of. But online, uh, sorry, onlocationlive.com is where you buy tickets for this event. And it's essentially right at midnight, crack the champagne, sit on the couch, and enjoy New Year's Eve or the New Year with Russell Peters and friends. <clears throat> and you can watch it as many times as you want. Is, is it streaming still after that? 48 hours. Sorry? It's streaming after that as well, you're saying, correct? Yeah, I don't know. Once you buy it, you've got it for 48 hours, and you can watch it as many times as you want in that 48 hours. Now, Russell, a little birdie, birdie told me, well, actually, he's a big birdie, but, I mean, you've been dipping into the tequila. Is that your new kind of kind of guilty pleasure now? Have you been coming no, out I mean, like a tequila connoisseur? You guys are late on it. I'm actually... I think I, I, I do go back and forth. I, I, it depends on what mood I'm in, but I'll go with tequila or I'll go with vodka or I'll go with whiskey or I'll go with scotch or bourbon. or. Yeah, I'm or, a bourbon guy because I remember your Instagram lives throughout the lockdowns in the summer and you were DJing. You always had a drink in your hand. But uh, Mr. Angelo Tarukas told me that you were, a, you were a tequila fan now. I should, I should quote you on that. I've actually been a tequila fan for a while, but I've gone back to um, – my my old staple of of uh, disorono, which you you know your paisans know about. There you go. Uh, so as we said, uh, I want to do a little game with you quickly. Just kind of 2020 has been kind of the the shit show. We can beat that, but yeah, uh, I'm going to give out names or things that happen, and I want kind of like your one word blurb from it. What happened this year, essentially? Okay. Okay. So starting off, Tyson versus Jones Jr. What did you think? I mean, it went how I thought it would go. Roy ran, Mike chased him. Okay, because I know you're a fan, but what do you think essentially of these celebrity fights? Essentially, this Logan Paul or Jake Paul calling out Floyd Mayweather or the funny, one of them had a fight with uh, Nate Robinson. Okay, the knockout was, oof, okay, it made memes, but come on. What do you think of these celebrity fights? Listen, those kids, I'll say this for them. They do train hard. They train like they're real fighters. Does that make them real fighters? I don't know. It's a different animal to become a real fighter. Like I always used to say, I used to box, but I knew the difference between me in the gym and a fighter in the gym. So most of the guys in the gym were fighters, and then I was just some kid boxing in the gym. You know what I mean? Understandably. So you're, you're into jiu-jitsu now too, right? Yeah, I've been training five years now. God bless you, brother. Okay, rolling down the list. Kamala Harris, your auntie. That's right. She's not she's not old enough to be my auntie, but I definitely <laughs> will claim her as a relative. And <laughs> a boy, uh, your take on Generation TikTok? Listen, if that's what makes them happy, that's what, you know we're Generation Atari twenty six hundred. Who are we to judge anybody? Exactly. Point taken. I mean, whatever. I just don't like those people's going on saying, you know, hey, I'm a comedian now because I got so many followers. I'm like, oh, you know, listen, it's when the same thing used to happen with. Um, what was that other one that was out before that was like seven seconds? Oh, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, yeah, Vine. Vine. Okay, so one night I was at the comedy at the uh, improv in, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this kid, I'm hosting that night, and this kid goes, he goes, uh, I go, what do you want me to say about you? He goes, oh, you could tell him I have over half a million followers on Vine. I'm like, no, seriously, what do you want me to say about you? <laughs> hey, man. 
that's a big deal. I go, okay, pal. So I, I go up, I do the guy's intro. He goes on, he catches a fat, hard bullet that night. Right. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and when he, when he comes, so when I, when I, when I go back on stage, I go, whatever the kid's name was, I go, give it up for whatever his name was. I go, apparently he's really funny for seven seconds at a time. There you go. Here's a name I always wanted to bring up and I wanted your take. And I just, sometimes you guys have been compared, uh, but the name is Sugar Sammy. I love Sugar, you say it. You know, I've known Sugar Sammy for 25 years. And, you know, if people always tried to pit us against each other. That's kind of what they do when you're, when you're the uh, only two brown guys around, like, oh, what about him? He's going to take this from you. And you, and they really do get into your head for a second. They'll make you start thinking, oh, my God, what if, you know, and uh, at the end of the day, I love Sugar Sam. He's a great guy. I've known him a long time, and I'm glad he's doing great. I judge you guys on your crowd work because you're a killer up there, buddy. Um, like I said, New Year's Eve, uh, an evening with Russell Peters and friends. It's a global pay-per-view event available to watch anywhere on this planet, 1201. Yeah. Hit up on locationlive.com. See my boy Russell with Jeff Joe, Crystal Marie, you don't want to miss her, Jason Collins, Jimmy Schubert. Happening New Year's Eve. Russell, I thank you for the time, brother. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you always being generous with me. All right, brother. You have a great Happy New Year, and we'll uh, hopefully when we chat, it's, you know, in person or having a drink of some tequila or bourbon or something, but uh, That's right. when this stuff is all over, uh, yeah, we got to catch up. Thanks again, buddy. And a big, sh- and a big shout to Anne-Marie Gialdemadovawi. Okay, that's all. <laughs> we shall love you for that. Awesome. Thanks again, Bye-bye. Russell. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Russell Peters. And if an Indian guy and a Chinese girl have a baby, that's a super baby, and that's a win-win, and you can name the kid Win-Win. <laughs> You know who I feel bad for in this world? I feel bad for white people. I do. I feel bad for white people. I know there's some in here, but I can't see you. You're back there. I see you glowing in the dark. Um, I do feel bad for white people because you're dwindling at an alarming rate. <laughs> like there, there's not, you realize like there's in about 150 years, there's not going to be any more purebred white people. They've just been infiltrated at all costs. That's why I feel like I live in America and in America you see on the news, you see white people have these rallies and people get really mad at them and I kind of sympathize with them. You see them on the news like, the white people need to be together with the white people. They always add an H in front of it for some reason. The white people, and I'll tell you what. But they're like, white people need to be together with white people. And I'm like, yeah, they do. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm with you. We don't want you with us. I know I'm not with you with you, but I feel your pain. What the hell's wrong with you, boy? I'm just saying, well, there's a lot of us and there's very few of you. I just want to see the white people get preserved. Because if white people go missing, who the f*** are we going to blame? 